And now it's time for Dave's Disney View Podcast. Please move across your car to make room for everyone. Our podcast will begin momentarily. Join Dave as he makes his Grand Circle tour around the Walt Disney World Resort. Dave is a dreamer and an engineer who enjoys the magic and wonder of it all. But he understands its place in history and respects the legacy that's been left. So come along and take a listen to Dave's thoughts about the Walt Disney World Resorts and see it through Dave's eyes. Please stand clear of the podcaster. Por favor, manténganse alejado del David. And now, here's your host. Hey everyone, it's Dave. Welcome to another edition of Dave's Disney View Podcast. You know, one of the questions I get periodically is, where should I stay when I go to Walt Disney World? And there's really no one-size-fits-all answer for that. It really depends on a lot of factors, and there's a lot to think about. I guess the first thing you need to consider is whether you're going to stay on property or off property. Now, off property, frequently you can get a better deal. The uh, hotel prices might be a little lower, and you can get a slightly better deal in terms of a hotel, but going to the theme park you're going to pay the $15 to park. Now, you only have to, pay it, have to pay it once per day, even if you do some park hopping, but you still have to pay it. So you have to kind of include that in the price point that you're thinking about. It also has to do with having transportation. If you are, don't have a car, you don't want to rent a car when you're here, certainly staying off property is a little less appealing because you have to find a way to get to the theme parks. Now, on the other side, if you stay on property, there are three main advantages. The first one is, well, this is the obvious one. You get the Disney magic. You get that little touch of Disney magic throughout your stay. There are little things like the person wearing the name tag that says Walt Disney World on it. There are things about the way the grounds are kept up, about the way the uh, buildings are maintained, about everything little thing about it that just makes it kind of special because you're in the vacation capital of the world. The second thing is that you can use Disney's Magical Express to get directly from the airport, Orlando International, to your hotel. So they will pick you up at baggage claim and take you right to your hotel, and the magic starts essentially the moment you get off the plane. You can't beat that. Uh, For convenience and for the enjoyment factor, you really can't beat that. And of course, then you can take Disney transportation around within the uh, Walt Disney World property to anywhere you want to go. So you never have to worry about having a car or moving around. You can just enjoy yourself and just enjoy your vacation from the moment you get off the plane till the moment you get back on the plane, you're kind of taken care of. You don't have to worry about getting around anywhere because bus service and monorail service and ferry service is available pretty much everywhere on Walt Disney World property. So that's the uh, second factor. The third factor that comes into play is the fact that with the FastPass Plus system set up the way it is right now, you can take care of getting your FastPasses in advance of actually taking your trip. Whereas if you're a day guest, you have to go up to a kiosk on the day that you're in the park and actually book your fast passes if you want to have them. So that's a little subtle thing that's there. Plus there's the other little pieces about how much money potentially you could save if you, in, if you include tickets and your hotel and dining all together. You have the dining package. That may actually turn out to be a lower po- cost per day per person then say staying off property for you. So you have to kind of consider that when you're weighing whether you want to stay on property or not. Now let's suppose that you do want to stay on property. Where do you stay? That's another great question that I think really deserves some time and some answer. And that's where I want to spend my time today is talking about where to stay when you're staying on Disney property. 
Now, did you know there are 23 resort hotels on Disney property? Now, that doesn't include the Swan and Dolphin Hotel, nor does it include the 11 hotels that are along Hotel Plaza Boulevard there, uh, at kind of at the main entrance over by the crossroads. Now, those are not Disney-owned hotels and not run by Disney, and that's why I'm not going to include them in this discussion, but you may want to consider those for other reasons. Now, as we look at the hotel choices that you have, there are actually four groupings of hotels that they have. There's the five hotels that are in what's called the value resorts, four that are in what's called the moderate resorts, eight that are in the deluxe resorts, and then eight that are home away from home resorts. Now, as you might guess, based on the names, value versus home away from home, the price point is lowest at the value resorts, and the price point is highest at the home away from home. And the amenities kind of go in the same order. So you get the fewest amenities, generally speaking, at the, uh, the hotels on one end at the value resorts, but you get the most amenities when you're staying at the, high, the higher end home away from home resorts. You know, you kind of have to find a price point that works for you and a size that works for you. So let's kind of break it down a little bit. In the value resorts, there are four hotels that are in the cookie cutter style where they're basically the same as each other and everything else about it is essentially the same and one that's a little different. Among the four that are in the basic hotel category are the all-star music, the all-star sports, the all-star movies, and the pop century resort. Now, the rooms in this hotel category are about 260 square feet, give or take, each. Each one has uh, two double beds or a king bed inside the room. And, uh, you know, you get the basic amenities. You get the little touches of Disney, you know, with the little mouse uh, that's uh, the little mouse ears that are rolled up in the towel when you walk in. And you, sometimes there's uh, little hidden Mickeys in some of the uh, designs on the uh, decor and so forth. So kind of neat. You know, you get that little touch. But the towels aren't quite as plush. And, you know, it's, it kind of sets up in a way where it's not quite as comfortable as some of the other resorts. And frankly, these value resorts are no better than some of the moderate style resorts that you might see or hotels that you might see off of Disney property or in your hometown. So when you're traveling on business and you go to a, something maybe like a Hampton Inn or a, maybe a Holiday Inn, these are kind of on the order of that. Nothing wrong with them. They're all clean and well kept up and everything, just kind of on that order. So when you make the decision to go there, that's something you have to think about. They're all cleverly themed, and they have some really neat things, and they certainly have the Disney touches. And within the grouping, so like at the Pop Century, there are different wings. There's the 70s wing, and the 80s wing, and the 90s wing, and, you know, there's uh, larger-than-life representations of these things. Over at the All-Star Sports, there's a, a football section where they have a football field, and they have giant footballs and a giant helmet and things like that. So there's some things that make it you know, kind of memorable in that sense, where it's kind of fun and has a certain nature to it that makes it kind of fun. The hotels themselves, the buildings themselves, they're kind of spread out. I believe they're all four stories, if I'm not mistaken. They might be three, but I think they're all four stories. And uh, they're spread out. So each one of these wings is kind of spread away from the main entrance. So you have the lobby area where you have the uh, concessions and you have the, uh, the counter service restaurant and so forth. And then you have all, all the wings of the uh, hotel that spread out from there. So parking can be a little bit of a challenge if you do happen to have a car because parking is a little bit away from the actual uh, entrance to the, the room that you're going to, probably. Uh, and then the other part to it is if you're planning on using Disney transportation, there's only one bus stop, and that's right there by the lobby. So if you happen to be staying in a wing on the far side of town, uh, one of the uh, farther away wings, you have to kind of figure that in that you have to walk all the way back to the lobby just to catch the bus. 
not a huge deal breaker or anything like that, but just something that you have to consider if you're thinking about staying at these hotels, what that means. So I have to go a little further just to be able to get on the bus. The uh, corridors themselves are all exterior corridors. There's no hallways or anything inside the buildings. They're all exterior. So, you know, you walk along and you see all the rooms as you're walking through and, you know, they, you kind of look out either toward the uh, parking lot or toward the interior part where you have the uh, the, the common areas. And, you know, there's really nothing great to see. There's no scenery or greenery or anything. It's nothing spectacular, but it's nice. It's pleasant. Uh, the pools themselves at each one of these hotels, is they're all okay. There's none that are spectacularly great. They're all very nicely themed, and, you know, they're all pleasant, and, you know, you, you can enjoy them, and everything's really nice about them. They're, but there's no really great water slides or water play areas or nothing about it where you go, wow, I really want to stay there because of the pool. It's just the nature of the, uh, of the beast, as they say. Uh, but there's nothing really, really stand, that stands out about them. So those would be the four value resorts that are kind of similar to each other. Now, there is a fifth value resort that's a little bit different, and that is the Art of Animation Resort. Now, the Art of Animation has four different wings to it, and each of the wings is a little bit different from each other. You have the Cars Wing, the Lion King Wing, the Finding Nemo Wing, and a Little Mermaid Wing. And they, again, they all spread out from the lobby, and you still have the central bus terminal right there by the, uh, by the lobby. But otherwise, the rooms are a little bit different. So what happens here is there are some standard rooms that are still that 260 square feet, but there are 1,120 family suites that are divided between the Lion King uh, cars and the Finding Nemo buildings. So the Little Mermaid does not have the suites, but the other three do. Now, these suites can sleep up to six guests and have a kitchenette, two bathrooms, and a master bedroom and three separate sleeping areas. Now, one of the cool features in these uh, sleeping areas is that one of them has a, a Nova bed, and that's a table that converts into a bed. It's kind of clever. It's like a pull-out couch, but it's a little more clever than that. Uh, so it's kind of neat that you can actually sleep more people there. So at least if you're a family of five like I am, you have a little more room to be able to spread out in there because family of five doesn't really fit into the 260 square feet of a standard room. So we have to actually think about something different. Now, you have two options. You can go for the family suite or you can get adjoining rooms. The adjoining room is a little more expensive. The family suite is probably a better value depending on when you go. So that's something you want to consider when you're thinking about it. Now, the cool thing about all four of these is they have absolutely amazing theming. Um, now, they're like the other values. Otherwise, you know, the not-so-plush towels, some of the things that you get. But they do have nice pools. And um, I would say that the Finding Nemo pool is kind of the exception to all of it. That the pool there is actually pretty darn cool. It's got some very nice water play areas and some cool things that you can do, and it's a really nice pool area. So I think it's actually kind of worthwhile. I think that one is probably the nicest pool among the value resorts, and probably something you want to uh, you might want to stay at. Now, parking they designed the parking a little bit differently here, so it's a little bit easier to park near where you're staying. Uh, still a little bit of a walk, but not so bad. Again, uh, it's mostly outdoor corridors here. Now the Cars Wing and I believe the, uh, I think it's just the Cars Wing, has some interior rooms. Um, so you go through an interior hallway where the other wings all have the exterior hallways, just like the other value resorts. So it's a little different if you go into the Cars Wing. And it's, you know, kind of, uh, it feels a little different. It feels maybe just a notch up from these typical value resorts. Now, I have to tell you, I haven't stayed there yet, but I visited the hotel a couple of times, 
And I think it's spectacular. I would really like to stay there sometime, especially, I think, in the Cars Wing. I think that's the one that would be the most interesting to me. Now, it is a little pricey, um, certainly more than just your typical value resort, but is it a lot more? Well, no, not really. Now, the next category is the moderate resorts. Now, the moderate resorts include the Caribbean Beach, the Port Orleans French Quarter, the Port Orleans Riverside, and the Coronado Springs. Now, the first three, the uh, Caribbean Beach, Port Orleans, both Riverside and French Quarter, those were built before the, uh, the Coronado Springs. So they all have about 315 square foot size standard rooms um, with two double beds. But the Coronado Springs has those kinds of rooms plus a couple of suites that can sleep up to six. So very similar to the, um, like the Cars Wing where you can actually sleep more people in the room. So they do have some like that, and I think that's kind of worthwhile. The moderate resorts are just a little bit nicer. You get a little bit more plush towels, a little bit more room. Things are just maybe a little bit more directed toward you as a guest, and you feel a little bit more comfortable there. So the moderate resorts are always uh, always worthwhile. Now, the um, other differences are the theming. I think that's much nicer, including lots of greenery. The, the uh, moderate resorts all have a lot of greenery around them and other activities that you can do and things that you, you can do there. Um, they have better pools and some cool things like pool slides and things like that that the uh, value resorts really don't have. Um, and I would argue that the, the pool at the Coronado Springs is one of the coolest pools on Disney property. Now, there are some that are absolutely spectacular, but I would, I would argue this one's a, a pretty good uh, alternative. And because it's a moderate resort, you pay a little bit less for the room. So that's something to think about as you think about where you want to stay. All of the moderate resorts have easier access to parking. You can get to the parking lot a lot easier. And there are more bus stops. The way they've spread out the hotels, they have bus stops in groupings by different wings. So that you can just kind of walk out and it's a shorter walk to get to a bus stop to be able to get to where you want to go. So it does make it a little bit easier. It's a little more upscale than the value resorts. So kind of worthwhile in a way. And I think uh, I think it's really, you know, those are really nice hotels. They're good choices for sort of an intermediate step without paying a whole lot more for your hotel. And then we move up to the deluxe category. The deluxe category hotels have more bells and whistles, wonderful pools pretty much all the way around, and the rooms are bigger, generally around 360 square feet, give or take, um, and the locations are better. So where they're located, they have uh, easier access to the theme parks, they're closer, they have easier access to nightlife and different things that are going on there, so you kind of win around that way. And they each have good sit-down restaurants. Whereas most of the moderate resorts have a decent sit-down restaurant, the um, deluxe resorts all have a nice sit-down restaurant. So it's sometimes more than one. So those are kind of worthwhile in a way, uh, in that sense. And they also have something that's called concierge level. So you have the uh, concierge available to you who can help you book some of your dining and do things like that. Plus, they have uh, little snacks out a couple of times a day where you can go in and pick up some of the snacks and enjoy yourself while you're staying staying on the property there. So that's something that you don't have at the other hotel categories. So the deluxe give you some things that are a little bit nicer. And, you know, back to the towels. The towels are a lot more plush and a lot more comfortable, and you can really just kind of enjoy yourself that way. These feel more like a resort. When you go in them, you feel more resort-oriented. And the cast members kind of treat it that way as well. They really welcome you and do more with you and help you with uh, some of the things that you that you want. So you have that availability to you. The hotels that they have in this category are the Contemporary, the Polynesian, the Grand Floridian. Those are all, of course, on the resort loop uh, over in the uh, by the Magic Kingdom. You have the Boardwalk Hotel near Epcot within walking distance. 
the Yacht Club and Beach Club, also within walking distance of Epcot, and the studios for that matter. You have the Animal Kingdom Lodge and the Wilderness Lodge. The Wilderness Lodge is a short ferry ride away from the Magic Kingdom, and the Animal Kingdom Lodge is uh, just a short bus trip away from the Animal Kingdom itself. So it's a, they're all really nice, and they have some really nice amenities, and they have activities and fun things and all the greenery and everything else you could hope for to really be able to kick back and enjoy and really have a nice vacation. And some of them have spas and different things like that and that you can really enjoy and take advantage of too. So there's a really nice way to look at, if you want to do a deluxe vacation, that would be the way to go. So you can really uh, go and enjoy yourself. Now the problem again is that for a family like mine, we're a family of five, there's a problem with space. Really, 360 square feet is just kind of big enough for the five of us, but really they only sleep four. So we'd have to squeeze to get all five of us in there. So no easy task. Sometimes they, some of them have fold-out beds and so forth, but for the most part, or you can sleep on the couch, but for the most part, it really doesn't fit. It doesn't, doesn't work for us. So you have to kind of rethink that a little bit if you're a larger family, or maybe you need two rooms. So, you know, again, the cost goes up as a result of that. So that takes care of the deluxe resorts. Now, the other category is the home away from home resorts. Now, these are almost exclusively the Disney Vacation Club properties, otherwise known as timeshares. And I'm going to have to do a whole podcast about the DVC properties. I've got a lot of thoughts about that that I want to share with you at some point. But you can use them as a hotel if they're not already booked. Uh, when you're looking online and you're, or you call the Disney travel agent and you want to book a home away from home resort, they can look at the Disney Vacation Club properties and see if there's uh, anyone staying there, and they will charge you a rate that's uh, associated with how, what the points would cost them in that case for the amount of time you're going to be there. So they are priced at a point where you are renting it for a week, basically. So instead of somebody staying there who owns it, you're going to be paying the rental price for this essentially, the same, essentially the same amount that they own it for. Now, the thing about the home away from home resorts is they're a little strange in that they range from a studio size to a, two bedrooms. There's plenty of room potentially. Uh, and they have kitchens and they have all the stuff in there, but they're much more expensive and mousekeeping doesn't come every day. It's some deal like every third day or something like that, that they come. Uh, so it's kind of like living in an apartment, kind of. The rooms themselves are really nice uh, and there are some great amenities and some great pools, but the cost is high most of the time. So that cost factor of having to pay for the full points is kind of expensive. Now, sometimes you can manage to use uh, one of the vacation resale places to be able to book these rooms. Now, you're not booking it through Disney. You're booking it through someone else who owns those rooms, and they have points, and they can use the points to get to the rooms, and they'll charge you whatever the points cost. There's a going rate for them. Certain times you can get a discounted rate. Sometimes things happen and you get a better deal. Sometimes somebody has to back out of their vacation at the last minute, and they just want to get something back on it. So they'll give you a discounted rate on the room just to try and um, try and get that off their plate um, so they don't lose all their money. Now, if you can find those, it's cheaper than actually getting it from Disney, but it's still on the high-ish side. You know, you're still spending more on that, but you, I have seen situations where, you know, maybe the um, value resort costs you, you know, 90 or or $100 a night, and you can get these home away from home resorts uh, the studio size for around 130 a night, roughly speaking, based on buying it through some uh, resale. So, you know, on the secondary market, sometimes you can do really well, but you have to be willing to take the chance that someone else is not jipping you or cheating you or whatever. 
if you know the person, that's great. Or if they're a reputable company, that's fine. You can certainly do that. But, you know, I don't always advocate for that kind of stuff. That's up to you how you choose to go about it. The thing about the home away from home resorts, there are two that are not Disney Vacation Club properties. Well, not yet anyway. Um, The cabins at Fort Wilderness, which are essentially double-wide trailers that they made look like log cabins, and the treehouse villas that have multiple rooms. These aren't uh, timeshares, and uh, they cost somewhere less than most of the home home away from home resorts, but they're still more than the moderate, so they're somewhere in that price point closer to the the deluxe resorts. Now, The pools leave a little to be desired in both of these, but uh, you can park right in front of them, which is a great feature, and you can kind of come and go as you want and enjoy uh, some of the amenities that are there and feel like you're living uh, kind of in an apartment. So they have the, uh, they have, a lot of them have uh, kitchens and some things like that, so you can actually feel like you're kind of at home. So listing off the uh, home away from home resorts, what you have is the Animal Kingdom Lodge Villas, which are the Jumbo and Kidani Village. You have the Bay Lake Towers, uh, which are right next to the Contemporary. You have the Disney's Beach Club Villas, which are over by the Beach Club on the uh, side over by Epcot. You have the Disney's Boardwalk Villas, which are on the other side of the lake in that same boardwalk area. You have the Disney's Old Key West Resort, which is entirely a timeshare. The Disney's Saratoga Springs Spa and Resort, uh, which is also uh, available. And the Villas at Disney's Wilderness Lodge. So that would uh, count for most of them. Now, there are two more Disney Vacation Club properties that are under construction and have some availability now, but uh, we'll have more in the future. And those would be the uh, the Disney Vacation Club property right by the Grand Floridian. I don't know what the name of that is going to be exactly. And the D- Disney Vacation Club property that's going to be by the Polynesian Resort. So those will be two more that will come online shortly. And I think they're already booking some of those, but they're not officially listed yet. But you'll be able to uh, book those at some point in the future, too. So uh, two more options that are available in, the, uh, in, that, in that category. Now, you know, these are, these are great resorts. I mean, the, the, there's nothing wrong with the Disney Vacation Club properties. They're really nice resorts. But if you're coming into town and you want to spend the money, uh, you could just rent a house. There are plenty of houses and apartments that are available. There are several hotel chains that offer some other sort of timeshare type of property similarly, where you can rent the uh, property for a couple of days or a week and uh, probably spend less than you would spend at the Disney Vacation Club. Is that better or worse? I don't know. It's up to you. You know, again, you're off property and you don't get that little bit of Disney magic, but it might be worth it. You know, you need to think it through yourself uh, and make a decision for yourself about what you, want it to, what you want it to be like. It's always a tough choice. You know, where do you want to stay and what do you want to do? And, you know, here's one of those times, again, when I recommend maybe a Disney authorized vacation travel planner might be a good option for you to be able to ask a lot of questions and kind of decide what price point works for you and which one of these works. Hey, I like to, you know, every time I go, I think about where I want to stay. And while I do wind up staying off property most of the time, once in a while I'll go and I'll peek around on the Disney site and just see what the price points are for different uh, properties. And if the property happens to work out to be the right price point, well, I'll go ahead and book that and that's where I'll wind up staying. It doesn't always work out that way. In fact, I'll be honest and say it usually doesn't work out that way, but it doesn't mean that I don't look because sometimes things just work out that way. And maybe for my next trip, I'll even contact a Disney authorized vacation planner to go through the process with me and figure out what the right way is. You know, what's, what's going to be the best option for me? Because it may turn out that staying at one of the other properties, like say the Art of Animation Resort, may work out to be a better deal for me. I don't know. It's something I want to think about for my next trip. 
So you need to think about it for yourself. You know, what works, what doesn't, how much do you want to spend? Do you want to include uh, theme park passes in with your package? You make it a length of stay pass effectively. Or do I want to have dining included if there's a free dining program going on? And I, I put free in air quotes because it's it's a cost that no additional cost to you. You're paying full price for the hotel and full price for the tickets for the length of stay. And you may not get as much value out of them as you think. And the dining, it depends on how much you're going to eat and how many meals you're going to have as to whether that turns out to be an advantage for you too. So you kind of have to you know do the pricing up yourself and figure out what the right price point is. And again... You know, a Disney vacation travel agent may help you to identify what um, what the cost may be. Now, I'll put a link to someone that I know over on my uh, show notes page at DisneyWorldPodcast.net. And you're welcome to uh, reach out and, you know, let her know that Dave sent you. And, you know, maybe you can find a good value there. Uh, but it's up to you. You know, that's the, that's the cool part about it. You know, you have some opportunities to think about what you want to do and what your vacation means to you. Do you want... The, you know, save a little money or do you want to have the whole deluxe package? So as always, it's up to you which one is the right one. I don't think there is a one, one size answer. If it's, you know, your once in a lifetime trip to Disney and maybe you don't get to come back again for another 10 years, then perhaps you really do want to stay at one of the higher end resorts. Maybe you started a moderate and maybe look at a deluxe resort and think about what that's going to give you. And you go and stay at that, at that location because it's the right thing for you and you get a great opportunity to really experience the entirety of Disney and it doesn't feel like you're so rushed and hustle and bustle. I mean, I feel like, you know, to a large degree, if you stay at a value resort, you feel like you're staying with everybody. When you go to the moderates, you're feeling a little bit more comfortable. And then by the time you get to the deluxe, it's just very comfortable and you feel very, you know, very friendly and cozy and it's just nice. So it really is up to you which way you want to go. Now, there is one other category of resorts we didn't talk about, and that is Disney's Fort Wilderness. And that's really a campground. And what you're renting is a little space, a pad, where you can put up a tent, or you're renting a uh, a larger pad where you can park a trailer. Um, So you could have a camper there. And it could be an RV or a camper, and you put it there, and they have full hookups and no hookups and different things that they have in uh, in in the campground. But the campground itself provides a lot of fun things to do, and some people just love to do the campgrounds. Now, if you've ever heard my podcast back in, like, podcasts, I think it was 17, I think I started the discussion about uh, staying at uh, Fort Wilderness, and it's a great time. It's a really fun thing to do. I think Fort Wilderness is great. It's the lowest wattage camping, if you decide to camp out, that you could ever do. The bathrooms are all clean. It's all neat. It's nothing like real-world camping, but it's something like it if that makes any sense at all. So that's the other option you have. It's a little bit less than a value resort, but I wouldn't say that it's cheap by any stretch. It's just you're paying for Disney's amenities. And there's a lot of things you can do at Fort Wilderness. And there you go. There's another podcast I need to do with you one day to talk about all the fun things you can do at Fort Wilderness. But there's so much you can do, and it's easy to get to the Magic Kingdom from there because you can just take the ferry right from the dock over to the Magic Kingdom or take the bus around the other way. So there's another place you can stay that uh, puts a whole other category on it. And that really doesn't even fall into the hotel category because technically it's not a hotel because you're bringing it with you. So there you go. There's all the places you can stay and all the things you can do. And I wish you luck as you plan your next Disney vacation. And think about it. Where is it you want to stay and what is it you want to do? And what amenities are you looking for? Look at it from that perspective. And think about what, uh, what would work for you and what kinds of places that, that uh, you really like. Well, that's it for this week. I hope you've enjoyed it. And remember, if we can dream it, we really can do it. Bye now. Thank you for tuning in to the Disney View Podcast. 
Now, please exit the moving podcast. The walkway is moving at the same speed as your podcast. Kindly take small children by the hand and watch your head and step. If you have questions, thoughts, or would just like to ask Dave a question, please send an email to davesdisneyview at gmail.com. You can always find Dave's Disney View on Facebook, Twitter, and Pinterest. Show notes for this podcast can be found on DisneyWorldPodcast.net. Original music you hear in this podcast is courtesy of Sound A Music. You'll find a link to the latest Disney-related autism awareness event on the show notes page. We also encourage you to check out Dave's iPhone apps. There are a couple of Disney-related apps, including a Hidden Mickey's app and a pin trading app. 